I'm Jackson Licka, and welcome to this episode of our 2017 Precision Farming Dealer podcast series. Today's program, Overseas Interest, Adoption, and Evolution of Precision Technology, is brought to you by Farmer's Edge. If this is your first time tuning in to our podcast series, I would encourage you to subscribe in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or TuneIn Radio. Or if there's another app you prefer for listening to podcasts, let us know. We'll make every effort to get it listed here as well. And by subscribing, that will allow you to get an alert when upcoming episodes in our 2017 series are released, and also an opportunity to go back and listen to episodes from our 2016 series. We'd also urge you to mark your calendars and plan to attend the upcoming Dealership Mind Summit, August 1st and 2nd in Omaha, Nebraska. The theme of this dealer-only event is Roadmap to Mastering Equipment Remarketing and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. Space is limited and you can visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com for more information and updates. Thanks again to Farmer's Edge, proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations, grow opportunities for your customers, and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. Visit them at farmersedgeusa.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Well, precision farming is an increasingly global business, and many of the technologies developed during the last 20 years are universally adaptable to farming operations around the world. But there are also distinct differences in adoption rates, equipment accessibility, and market objectives when comparing the North American precision farming industry to other regions. Australia is one country where precision practices have been popular and profitable for farm equipment dealers. But the market also poses some unique challenges and opportunities for technology adoption. At the 2017 Precision Farming Dealer Summit in St. Louis, I had the opportunity to sit down with Michael Hadley, precision farming consultant with Ramsey Brothers, a six-store dealership group in South Australia, and learn more about his approach and expectations with the company's precision farming business. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast brought to you by Farmer's Edge, we share excerpts from my conversation with Michael on the dealership's precision origins, equipment compatibility concerns, and non-egg growth opportunities. First off, I know being here at, at the event, um, there's a lot of you know different ideas that, that we're certainly kicked around, uh, you know, offered by a lot of the folks, but um, just was curious, maybe you could start out just offering a little bit of background, you know, on, on yourself and the dealership, kind yeah. of uh, where, where you guys, you know, are from and then kind of uh, some of the origins of, of your precision business. Okay, so myself, I start, I'm an automotive mechanic by trade, worked through all the different GM and Toyota and all the other dealerships, um, worked in the wine industry for a couple of years. Um, which was 
good because I grew up in on a vineyard and uh, then sales opportunity came up close to home with Ramsey Brothers. We were in Saddleworth at the time and I got that job so I was in sales so um, machinery sales um, and probably uh, a year or so into it they, the company saw a need for uh, our branch at, at that time to do precision ag and um, I sort of I did half precision ag half uh, sales and it just didn't work because you'd be out doing a precision ag job but then there'd be a tractor sale so you'd focus on the tractor sale when you should be focusing on precision ag so it was probably it was link ramsey that uh, probably steered me more down this path um, i don't know if i if, if it was because i was the younger salesman at the time or if you know he saw that i you know had a skill for it um so then and it was probably approximately eight years ago i started doing precision ag only and i pretty well for the last at least three years been uh, looking after the whole group um, unofficially I've been working out of our, uh, my local Riverton branch and then unofficially helping all the other branches and um, yeah it's a fair job <laughs> so but with our network um, we're Topcon network on the Air Peninsula so we got Air Peninsula Mid North Murray Mallee so we got three zones I guess you could call them um, the Air Peninsula have been base stations for a very long time um, using Topcom base stations and they pretty well because they had all the base stations there no one else put any up because why well, put one up when there's already one there so uh, Link pretty well pushed for uh, when they purchased the Riverton branch it was Saddleworth it was actually Saddleworth they purchased and due to lack of room and growth we moved to Riverton because there was nowhere to build that's only 10 kilometers away. I don't know what that, what's that? Yeah, seven mile or something like that. <laughs> um, so it's not far away. Um, so we then, uh, uh, he pushed for the network to be built in Riverton. So we straight away threw up five towers, picked areas, and then went out and uh, targeted customers and grew our network from there. And slowly grew and grew and then we brought the Murray Bridge branch and we put up four bases there straight away and they're our youngest branch so with our network so they're, um, they're they've got massive growth there so where where we are now we've hit all our in Riverton we've hit all our borders with other companies so our next thing is to jump borders so so, having started about eight years ago in, in the precision business and with Ramsey Brothers, what have you seen as some of the biggest changes uh, over that time in terms of, uh, you know, what, what customers are, are wanting with their technology and what you guys have provided as a dealership? Uh, I found technology and accuracy is addictive. So, you'll have a customer that they might have, say, RTK on their cedar, and it doesn't take them very long to say, oh, I'm going to have to put it on my sprayer now, or I'm going to have to put it here. Um, and not only that, with the technology, it's, um, no, I don't want to lean forward and press the button, I want to, you know, foot pedal or a joystick, or um, I don't want to use the switches, I want it to do it all automatically. Just the technology changes, and uh, probably, the size of the um, 
technology. It's a bit like the old home computer that's got the massive screen and all that's all getting smaller. Probably one thing I have noticed, and this may only be in Australia, I'm not sure, um, probably, uh, I don't know, we'll say five years ago, there was a big push of one screen to do everything. So you got out, you have your one screen for steering, spraying, spreading, all, all you know, cameras, um, all that scenario. Where now it seems to be two screens. Uh, you want the steering screen, but then you want your ISO or your spray controller as a separate screen. So that's actually something that's done a full full loop, um, which is yeah, makes it a little bit hard when you've just told everyone now go one screen, <laughs> and now they want no no we all got to go two screens from the manufacturers. But the manufacturers, I believe, are seeing that because the tractors are coming out with screens in them, so they're not selling the OE, uh, the aftermarket screen. Right. So, and that's interesting, yeah, because I know. Uh, Removing some of that clutter from the cab has long been a goal here yeah. in, in North America as well. Um, you know, trying to minimize the number of, of displays that are, are in a farmer's uh, tractor cab, but that's that's a challenge. And I mean, yeah. um, you know, certainly when you're talking about compatibility and ISO bus, is that is that a challenge that you guys face down there as well, or is that less less it, of a concern? Less of a concern. I, I think a lot of that, and this may be only where we are in South Australia. I think a lot of that is because we don't have planters. We've just got an air seeder, which the reasonably basic we have got guys getting into the ISO side because more and more are coming out ISO compatible um, most of them you can fit a generic system a rate controller on them and they um, they'll just work through the screen that you've got um, yeah we, we haven't yet had huge issues it is starting now so a lot more ISO products are coming through um, so I, I can say, and we're we're trying to work out which way to go because you can get a mod, an ISO aftermarket ISO module from so many different suppliers, but I don't want to be supplying or sorry supporting four different ISO modules. I'd rather say right, we're going with this brand, and we'll fit it to everything. Yeah, and w with the vineyard because we're in a vineyard area, so we see a big market for us in the vineyards in putting ISO modules in. So they got the one tractor and they can use their two boom sprays, their cedar. You know, we can see a big potential for that. It's, um, the vineyards are um, in, in our area untapped. They don't like spending money. They've got lots of it, but they want the technology. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if that's like that over here in the vineyards, but <laughs> that's generally what they're like. Sure, and, that, and that's yeah. interesting. Maybe you know, talk a little bit about kind of what, what your customer uh, base is. I mean, it sounds like it, it may be very yeah. diverse. I mean, in, in, I don't think, uh, certainly North America, uh, you know, when, when you say vineyard, I, I don't think uh, precision technology is the first thing a lot of folks may think of. I think you're... Mm you would think of row crops over here, you know, yep. corn and soybeans, but it uh, sounds like it may be a little more diverse and broad. Yep, so we're mainly broadacre, like we'd be 90 odd percent broadacre. You get the, uh, the occasional olive grove, um, occasional vineyard, but we, in the um, integrated technology side of it, we see vineyards as a great potential for us because um, you can have RTK networks for them. You can have weather stations, you can have implement control, um, ISO. Um, we're looking at steering uh, the harvesters, not the tractor. You know, there's just so many uh, different you know, 
ways you can go in the vineyard, we just see it as a, a, a market in our area that no one's even looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people see vineyards and go, too hard. Yeah, and, and that's what they do. So that's why um, our company name that we've created for the uh, precision farming is um, Ramsey Brothers Integrated Technologies. We don't want um, agriculture or farming in it at all. So, because we want to be agriculture, horticulture, viticulture. We're actually looking at um, aquaculture at the moment because uh, one of my new, um, new techs is um, looking at uh, modems out uh, on the tuna farms. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's just so many different um, areas that you can look at. So, we didn't want to, we didn't want to say, okay, we're a precision ag company. We want to be a, a technology company. So, if anything, uh, any option opens up in another you know, horticulture, for example, because we got a lot of veggie growers around us, we got stacks of them. We don't do a lot with them. You know, we'd like to get into that market and grow our business. We've got uh, seven blokes now, and they all got to get paid somehow. So, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, well, right, and, and kind of on that, I mean, uh, obviously some some very unique opportunities there. It sounds yeah. like on the horizon, and you guys appear to be very progressive and innovative. Um, what are you seeing as, as some of those? Uh, largest areas of potential growth uh, on, on the technology side? I mean, are there areas that you guys have gotten into over the last couple of years, areas that you'd like to expand on or, or foresee going into? Uh, probably initially, like the vineyard side of it is something we want to do, but it's not our, straight, our main objective straight away. We want to have our existing car, uh, existing customers. We want them to be right up as high as possible with technology, and extremely happy with how all their equipment work. That that's our first target that we're going to do. Um, we got uh, in our Murray Mallee area. We've got growth. We need to grow that area. We've got four base stations that we want to grow and get more and more customers into the area. Um, we've at the moment we've got, I guess, an issue with old technology at um, on our Air Peninsula branch because they, you know, they've been going the longest with the technology, and we're at a stage where we're not we're not stuck. We're just trying to find ways to get them the customers out of the old technology because they're failing, um, and you know that's probably the main thing at the moment is getting our customers out of old technology because you know we sold them an RTK system. 10 years ago, cost them $50,000. Yeah, it's hard for them to now come out and uh, for us to go out and say, you need to upgrade that, here's, a, here's another twenty, thirty, forty thousand $40,000. Know, that's probably our biggest you know, uh, issue we have at the moment is getting people out of tech, old technology because the manufacturers want you to do it, but they don't seem to want to help you too much. We'll be right back to the program and hear more from Michael, but I did want to again thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for making this program possible. Farmer's Edge is proud to partner with dealers across the United States to unlock exceptional opportunities for their farm customers. Through innovative technology and field-centric tools, their whole farm smart solution will strengthen your platform and enhance your customer relations. Grow opportunities for your customers and become a representative for Farmer's Edge today. 
Visit them at FarmersEdgeUSA.com slash become a representative or call them at 952-582-1398. Reflecting on the discussion so far, Michael mentioned several areas of precision opportunity the dealership is exploring outside of traditional agriculture. I can't say I've talked with many or any North American dealers who have noted horticulture or aquaculture as potential growth areas for precision technology. And talking more with Michael later on during the summit, he mentioned that in some cases, those unusual areas are partially driven by the progressive nature of the dealership, but also out of necessity to find other niches to deliver technology to customers. Australian farms differ in many ways from those in North America, and therefore, farmers tend to have different levels of need for precision products, Michael says. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Michael Hadley on the dealership's approach to precision service and retaining talented employees. You know, obviously part of that uh, uh, upgrading and, and uh, increased adoption, uh, so much has been made of, of service, the service side, uh, especially when it comes to, to technology. Um, what's your approach? I mean, how, how do you guys kind of uh, coordinate that with some of your offerings? And, you know, I'm curious to, to learn a little bit if, if there's a difference. Well, we are here to learn about the. We, we don't have service plans. We've talked about it and we just haven't got there. Um, we, we probably had lack of numbers in the Precision Ag Department. So any. Uh, sorry, as a, a specialist, or we call them consultants, not specialists. Um, reason being, um, for us, specialist is a somebody who knows absolutely everything. But as a consultant, I may not know it, but I know someone that will. So we prefer not to use the specialist word. Um, but we've probably, everything's probably gone through the workshop and we've relied on other branches or um, particularly CNH or our other suppliers to help us um, with any issues that we've had. So we're sort of now want to turn that into that we'll take the issues, we'll do the service we, and we've, we're going to have a meeting tomorrow, we're going to hire one of the rooms out here and we're going to sit down and go through everything that we've been through this week. We're, look at service plans we're not going to you know make it black and white and that's our service plan we're just going to make suggestions um, that's why we've got Brenton here as well he's a company director he used to manage all the different branches he's been involved with service and sales manager and parts and he's done the whole business so his point of view was is very very valuable to us in setting up this new part of our business because we're revamping the whole precision ag department from what it was to where we want it to be so yeah, that's part of the reason we're here sure, so. sure. well obviously another big element to uh, growth on the precision side is uh, recruiting and retaining yep. employees and uh, Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, where's the, the greatest resource for you guys in your area? I mean, you obviously cover uh, a tremendous well, amount of territory. <laughs> uh, and and, and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, with um, kind of the scope of what you guys provide, you mentioned having, uh, you know, your staff be consultants versus specialists. Yep. Um, you know, how are you guys uh, finding and keeping good, good talent down there? Well, it's, it's hard. We've, um, so far it's been... We've had guys on and off. The workshop, 
they do a lot of precision ag, they're trained in it, um, but they're also doing tractor repairs, etc. etc. Um, we had a and we were precision specialists, there were two of us at one stage, myself and another person uh, on our Air Peninsula, so we're doing both sides of the state each. And um, he then went into combines because he was really good at combines, so he went to a different area. And then we had a, didn't really have anyone for a little while. Then we had a, a, um, a TA, so a trades assistant, start doing it on the Air Peninsula, but he, he was mainly out of one branch. Um, so there was back to two of us again. And he went off to play cricket in England. He won a scholarship to do that, and he's going back again. So he's backwards and forwards with us. So probably two years ago, we started talking about this. We interviewed people, we tried to find people, and uh, couldn't find anyone. So um, I sort of did the whole lot for all the branches, did quite a bit of traveling, helped all the workshops as much as can. So the workshops would do majority of the jobs. If there was a, an issue that they couldn't fix, I'd go, go out and and look at that um, and then uh, probably three months ago it all just started happening um, the uh, Woodner branch on the Air Peninsula hired a TA who was um, he's been there for about 12 months showed interest in precision ag and he is a sponge you tell him something he just doesn't forget he is fantastic he's on his computer at night he's just so enthusiastic about it so he's he's only young but he's he's going to be great for us um one of our other branches a technician show in murray bridge showed interest in precision ag so he was the next one we found so that took us up to three um they weren't they're actually not officially starting till first of february so they're with the company already, but they're not officially part of the Precision Ag Department. Um, and then uh, he's actually uh, a bloke I've done a lot of work with. He's been in the injury industry for 10, 15 years. Um, I've been working on him for two years to see about coming to work for us. He rang me up one day and said, oh, my wife told me I need to get a job. So we interviewed him. So he's now in the Murray Mallee area. Um, and then there was another person who has been in the industry for over 10 years as well he uh, he said I uh, had some family changes I'm moving to Port Lincoln I'm looking for a job and we've been working on him for about two years so we got straight away two very very experienced blokes and then with structure change within the company another opportunity came up for another person in the company and he before he came to Ramsey Brothers as a, a salesman he was in the industry for 10-15 years as well so straight away we picked up three people we didn't know we were going to have so we actually changed the whole structure of what we were going to do around probably the four of us so, and then we've got the two original blokes as junior consultants. That's so, part of that flexibility and adaptability you have to have, yeah, right? Yeah, so we just had to change the whole plan of how we were doing it because of the, um, the skill set we got, which, which was, is a good thing. <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's not a bad problem yeah. to have versus having nobody, so yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, we're kind of then looking at, at the future, um, yep. you know, obviously 
we've, we've heard a lot about you know things are constantly changing certainly yeah. this this side of the business and uh, you know you guys obviously uh, exploring some new opportunities and, and growth but um, where do you anticipate you know wanting to take uh, this side of the business with, yep. with the dealership and, and how well, you guys can kind of uh, you know, grow this, and, and everybody you know talks about making this a, a profit center. You know, yeah. generating revenue through precision. Which That'd is, be the first thing to do. Start <laughs> generating revenue. <laughs> well, uh, we're still going to be looking for another person to re replace me at Riverton, and then uh, my job is to be uh, R and D, and I have to be two years ahead of the rest. That's the plan. So if something comes out, we need to be there looking at it and for us it's we could be bringing it back to Australia because it's not in Australia it could be you know yeah, it's, you just don't know what's going to come up so it's hard to uh, quantify that but we just want to be market leader we want to be we just want people to say oh I need something precision act oh let's go to Ramsey Brothers you know we want to be market leaders probably oh, it's a bit hard to say how many years ago um uh, probably five, roughly five years ago, we were the market leaders in our state, um, but then we plateaued. We got comfortable, and then the rest caught up. So we don't want that to happen again. Not, we want to be ahead of the rest the whole time. So you know, with the guys we've got, as long as we can keep them, um, I think we can we can do that. Bring in new technologies. Um, two of the guys, I've got a. a I don't know what you even call them. I don't know the geeks. <laughs> we, we all sit together and start talking. And if anyone else is near us, they they just look at us and go, "I got no idea what you just said." So you know, and they're very very passionate about precision ag. So I, I think with the team we've got, um, I think as long as I can keep them there, we sh we can be the head of the rest. But that's our main aim. So. Thank you, Michael. And those listeners who would like to see more coverage of our conversation, please visit www.precisionfarmingdealer.com. Well, a big takeaway for me from today's program is that despite some of the different considerations Michael has compared to North American dealers, a shared struggle is finding and keeping quality precision employees. It was interesting to hear Michael discuss the approach they've taken with trying to attract and develop new precision specialists. Some of these pursuits may well lead to long-term employees, but as many dealers can attest, sometimes it can continue to be a revolving door until that right person is found. Well, thank you again for joining us, and I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program. So feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Farmer's Edge, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. And if you haven't done so already, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this series on iTunes or the Google Play Store and get an alert when future episodes are released. And also, check out episodes from our 2016 series. And another reminder to mark your calendar for the upcoming Dealership Mind Summit on August 1st and 2nd in Omaha. Again, the theme of this dealer-only event is Roadmap to Mastering Equipment Remarketing and will feature a mix of general sessions, panel presentations, and roundtable discussions. 
Space is limited, and you can visit www.dealershipmindsummit.com for more information and updates. And you can also keep up on the latest precision farming news impacting your dealership by registering online for our free e-newsletter, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at PFD Editors and on our Precision Farming Dealer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again on February 22nd for the next episode in our 2017 podcast series. And be sure to look for continuing coverage of our most recent Precision Farming Dealer Summit event throughout the coming year. For Michael Hadley, Farmer's Edge, and our entire staff here with Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening. <laughs>